Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the True Potential Do More With Your Money podcast. My name is Daniel Harrison, Chief Executive at True Potential. It's Thursday, the 7th of May, and I'm joined today by Jamie Sexton, by Peter Bould, and making his debut on the podcast, but not his debut on the, on the small True Potential screen, is Barney Hogan. So, welcome, Barney. Thank you. Yeah. We've got some one, one ground rule on the podcast, which is no swearing, please, Barney. That's, that's I'll, I'll, I'll try and remember. It'll be difficult, but I'll try and remember. Do your best, please. <laughs> um, so, really, ladies and gentlemen, um, the purpose of today, as I mentioned last Friday, was we're going to have a Q&A session, which we're trying to run once a month from you. We, you know, we get a fair few thousand of you logging in and, and watching us every week and, and a lot of questions and a lot of uh, input from yourselves, which we really welcome, by the way. It, it, it shows that you, you, you're watching us. It shows also that you, you're getting input from it as well. So uh, thank you very much for that. But before we get into the questions and answers, in which we've got probably about a dozen which we've picked for today, I'm going to hand across to Barney. Barney, for those who haven't met Barney before, uh, works in the True Potential Investment Management team. He's, he's one of the, the senior team within there. And Barney, would you mind giving us the, the normal weekly update, please? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been quite an interesting time. Um, markets have staged a remarkable recovery. Uh, we're just looking at the, um, the end of, the, of, of April figures. Um, and stock markets have, have, have had quite a good month in April. Um, bizarrely, it doesn't feel that way. Um, especially against the backdrop of the, the economic numbers coming through. Um, and the, the, the numbers that you see in, in the paper, are just they're just horrible. It's, you know, the worst time since 2008 or the worst time since the Second World War, the worst time since the Great Depression. Um, markets have moved on from that. They're looking, they're looking through this. Um, we may come on to it later, but this uh, downturn has been, in some ways, it's similar to others, but in, in, in many ways, it's very different to other uh, other other downturns. Um, and what we're seeing is that fund managers, markets, investors are are, are disregarding the, the the news that's coming out because it's just horrible. Um, but they're looking through the first quarter, which is history, the first three months of the year. They're pretty sure that the second three months of the year to the end of June aren't going to be great. Um, but they're looking to the second half of the year and the beginning of, of 2021. Um, and what they're seeing is, you know, this massive amount of stimulus that has been, if not already thrown at the markets, it's been promised to the markets. So we've had central banks, we've had governments around the world acting in tandem. So just as the sort of the shutdown was sort of coordinated, and and happened all at once. So the, the the policy response has been coordinated and is happening globally all at once. Um, and no one's entirely sure how it's going to work out. Uh, there's, a, there's still an awful lot of uncertainty out there. Um, but there is now a sense of, of the markets looking looking through the current difficulties of what might happen in the second quarter, but particularly the second half and and uh, and and out to uh, to 2021. Um, so uh, so April, you know, wasn't uh, wasn't a bad month, um, and uh, and the two potential portfolios um, held up very well. I think as everyone knows, there's an there's an awful uh, lot in there. Our great mantra is diversification, and that's what's seen us through the the, the worst of uh, the worst of this downturn. Uh, so, if we look at April's figures, which you know have, have just come through, the defensive portfolio was up two and a half percent. The balanced portfolio was up. Uh, I'll just check my numbers. Up five and a half percent, and the aggressive portfolio up six and a half percent. Now, there's all sorts in there. There's bonds, there's gold, there's silver, there's um, as well as you know U.S. equities, European equities, Japanese equities, UK equities. Um, but but those figures, sort of two and a half for defensive, uh, five and a half for balanced, six and a half for aggressive. Compare 
I think most people use as their anchor point the FTSE 100. It's it's what we see in, on the front of the paper. It's what we hear on the telly. Um, billions wiped off share prices. What's happened to the FTSE? Well, the FTSE was up four and a half percent. So we've performed well relative to that index, which isn't representative of, of, of the portfolios, but it does give a, a, a sense of of how we've performed. Year to date, yes, the numbers are horrible. You know, the FTSE is down, I think, nearly uh, 21% uh, to the end of April. Um, our balanced portfolio was down 10%. Now, no one likes a fall of 10%, but compared to a fall in the stock market of over 20%, you know, that that's not a, that's not a bad outturn. And it just speaks to the whole theme of, of diversification that is, you know, runs throughout the whole uh, to potential offering. It does, Barney. I think you, you mentioned diversification twice there, and it, it's it's a common theme on, on this podcast. And I think it was interesting as well, you, you talked about, yes, the FTSE is kind of what people look at, that gets the headlines or, or not, you know, because it didn't get any headlines last week when it tipped above 6,000. I know it went back down, but that just kind of whispered in, so to speak. But yeah, yeah. You're right. When when you look at the true potential approach, it's a lot more than just a tracker fund which follows the markets or not. You know, there's the 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 mix of asset classes and the mix of geography which everything's invested in. I think, and that's that's that that's why you know the the balance fund's more than held its own, for instance. And the reason we use the balance fund, I guess, is it's our it's our top seller. It's a top invested fund out there. Um. <clears throat> frog in my throat, sorry. Um, we'll um, move across to questions, I think, um, now, because I think it g- gives us a good chance. And, Barney, we've got some economic questions as well, but we'll we'll, we'll give your voice a, a rest for a wee minute. We'll bring Jamie and, and Peter in, who are anxiously awaiting. And, Peter, we'll, we'll probably kick off with yourself, if you don't mind, because the news is all about, you know, I think today... By law, the government have to review the latest lockdown restriction. Yeah. Uh, so what 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 does what does that mean? It, what it means is that they when they went into lockdown on the 23rd of March, they said they'd reviewed every three weeks. So effectively, this is the three week anniversary of the last time that was reviewed. So at 11:30 today, as we sit here, um, the full Cobra get together with the PM. Um, they do a Zoom a Zoom chat. And they'll go through the latest um, indications and the latest data that they've got, all with a view to on Sunday, Boris Johnson um, setting out how he envisages the next few months um, playing out. So in terms of obviously lifting the lockdown, but very gradually. So today's the kind of decision or looking at the data. There's a lot of speculation. You'll have seen some of it yourselves in the last day or two about the sort of what that could mean. Uh, the answer is very, very little and very, very light. So probably um, maybe some liftings of the sort of outdoor activity. So at the minute you're allowed to have an hour outdoors a day. They'll probably lift that. You know, you'd be allowed to spend more time outdoors, more time in parks, that sort of stuff. Um, but very, very minor. But it's the beginnings of a process that'll go on probably till October. Um, so what you'll see today is that Cobra committee looking at the data, unless there's data that they hadn't foreseen shows a very different picture to what they were expecting than I anticipate that you will see. It's not going to be Boris tonight. It'll be Dominic Raab, I think, doing the five o'clock briefing. And, and that's also a bit of an indication because it probably means that he wants to say tonight the situation is as it was, you know, creating the platform for the prime minister to come up on Sunday and say, I've got the good news, which is we're beginning to go into the next phase, which will be very, very long and drawn out, I assume. Um, but that's what's going to happen. Um, so we'll see what we'll see what comes of that. Yeah, and it, it's interesting because you, you're getting trailered in the press at the moment that the stay in message is probably going to be scrapped. Yeah, as, as well, which is probably what, what, what you're hinting at there, Peter. And a few of the questions have been kind of you know, first question was you know what's the difference between Thursday and Sunday, which we had from one of our attendees, which I think you've covered there. You know, it's a Cobra meet today. Yeah, so the, the the announcement. Um, maybe one one for the three of you, Barney, Jamie, and and Peter. I, I, we we tend to hate to make predictions because you can always end up with egg on your face in a couple of days' time. But um, what would what what do we think Boris is going to say or not on on Sunday? Probably 
that, that that's the first prediction. I mean, maybe we start with you, Jamie. What you know? What one thing do you think he may say? I, I think there's there's been a lot in the press about families not being together, Dan. Um, and there's this talk of this bubble mentality where you know, as you can like choose your own bubble that you can sort of socialise with. Um, and I have a feeling that that might come in in the next in the next couple of weeks. And I think it's probably quite important. Um, there's a lot of I think I watch I watch GMTV every morning for on the bike behind us for which is which is an interesting so watching Piers Morgan. Uh, it's, every not, it's not even called GMTV anymore, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how far behind I am. But it's interesting. I think we've had every type of doctor and every type of prediction on that show. Um, and the psychologists were on yesterday about you know having more family towns just as important for your health. Yeah. So I'd expect I would expect you'd see something. You know, because that's a good news story for Boris to give, where he, you know you can go and cuddle your family again. And I, I do envisage that that will be something that comes out in the in the near future. Okay, so so the social bubble, as it's yeah. as it's, as his name is Jamie's prediction. Barney, any ideas? I think it's a very uh, a very difficult line they've got to tread. Um, obviously, you know everyone wants to get back to work. They they, they want to get the economy back to work. Um, but that's got to be balanced against, um, you know, the obvious risks of, of of setting off a second wave, and that they're almost sort of, you know, damned whatever they do. If if, if it all goes well, uh, then they'll be criticised for for not easing the restrictions earlier. If uh, if if it sets off a sort of second wave, just as we, you know, and the numbers are coming down, they'll be criticised for. For, uh, for for relaxing restrictions too um, too early, so you know I think they're on a hiding to nothing whatever they do. Uh, I think they probably know that as well. Um, but um, I think yes, a gentle easing of restrictions, more or less, you know, along the lines that the um, the Irish government has has uh, uh, has suggested with um, small groups. Um, of, of as, as Jamie says, sort of bubbles, uh, sort of meeting outside. So, you know, Peter will be able to meet the sort of knitting circle in the park once again. Um, <laughs> it's been a long time uh, coming, Barney. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then a sort of, you know, a gentle of, of easing restrictions. Um, you know, we've seen um, suggestions at garden centres and, and shops where, you know, the, the majority of the the activity is outside, will be opening up again. And I think we'll see that. And I'm not sure it'll extend as far as pubs with beer gardens, but uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed. We can't but hope, especially with this nice weather. You know, it was looking out the window yesterday, we were in a board meeting and I was thinking, this is beer garden weather. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a good time. I think it'd be a good time to get into the patio furniture business because I think they probably will. They'll certainly open up beer gardens. And if you've got a field next to the pub, We'll shove a couple of heaters and a few chairs around there for people to to congregate on before you ever get back inside the local the local pub. I would think so. I agree with all of that. I think that's exactly what they'll do. I think I've heard, I've also heard that schools possibly around about the first of June, give or take, because mm. you sort of need to open the schools to allow businesses to come back. Otherwise, you've got the same problem that you had sort of before the lockdown when the schools closed. What do parents do in terms of getting them back to work? So those two things. If you remember when we went into lockdown. I think the schools closed on that Friday the 20th and then it was followed on the Monday by the full thing and I think you'll probably see a, a quite a close correlation between when schools open to when businesses are allowed to go back but from a business point of view Dan um, there's you know there's a whole I don't know whether you've seen there was published this week or leaked this week um, sort of advice to seven different types of workplaces from outdoors to haulage to office work and I mean there's a huge raft of things that they're saying that businesses should be taking account of before you send people back um, so, <laughs> you know, whoever's, whoever specialises in health and safety is going to have a great time. Yeah, no, the, 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 the old HSE and the <laughs> human resources departments are going to have a great time. I think it's, uh, we'll not name the names, Jamie, but you, you've got an intern from a local university uh, <laughs> working, working fully paid for us. We're not like we're not one of these companies who kind of get interns in for free. So he's on his year's placement, I think, this, this yes, job. Yes. And... The university, after about four weeks of lockdown, wrote to you and said, we've noticed you've got somebody on a placement. Have you conducted a full 
health and safety review of his workstation at home. <laughs> you send it to me and you said, what should we do with this? And I said, delete it. <laughs> I said, what a, what a carry on, you know, the fact that, you know, a month has gone by, um, you know, before this, 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 this university is even bothered to contact them. So if we had contact the health and safety review, and would be working like that, you know, hunched over and, you know, with dangerous liquids all around them by now, the damage would have been done. <laughs> but you know, I, 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 these are some weird things which I'm not sure how you can you can police them. And I think it's linked with another question which we do have, which is what's True Potential's plan for going back to office work? Um, we've probably we've, we've spent the last two or three weeks really trying to second guess what the government are going to do. Um, which is a dangerous old game because, um, you know... they don't know. Yeah, they, they don't know. I, I was going to be kind of them, Peter. I was going to say in a, in a fluid situation, which is a, a posh way of saying who knows what's going to happen. Um, a fluid situation, things can change. Um, but certainly when, when, when you look at, say, some of the steps we put in place to begin with, you know, way prior to lockdown, we were talking about removing communal areas, we created a site too, which was the, the physical kind of post area, and that was quarantined from the rest of the office. Uh, a huge increase in kind of hygiene in terms of, um, you know, washing hands, hand sanitizer and everything. And now we, we, we look forward and a, a couple of the steps we've been looking at is either, you know, continuing to work for home, from home for the foreseeable, but the problem is, you know, how long is the foreseeable going to be? You know, you, you you talk about June, Peter, you know, June the 1st, and I think you're right. I think they probably will look to unpick things in the same way that they they, they put it together in the first place. They closed the schools, and then was it a week later, they closed the pubs on the Friday night, and then the Monday night, they closed the, the offices. Mm. I think it was something like that. It seems yeah. a long time ago, because it, it was a long time ago. Um you got plenty of notice that time, didn't you, as well? Plenty of notice. 8.30 at night. You know, yeah. I, I think I talked about it on a podcast before where your heart sank when you saw Boris come and sit down at the table for that pre-recorded thing. You thought, this isn't good. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I think you've probably got to get children back to school and there's been some sort of hint of maybe that it'll be the older children going back to school, which is bad news for me because uh, I have younger children. Um, Peter, your children are about the same age. And Bonnie, how old are your children? Uh, they're nearly 16 and nearly 18. So one was due to do O-levels, GCSEs in, in new money. Uh, and the other one was due to do A-levels. But effectively now, they've, they've both broken up for the summer. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, and so they're, you know, knocking around the house. So even when the schools go back, um, I don't think they're going to go back. So um, uh, yeah. Yeah. they might go in the beer gardens. <laughs> yeah. well, well, with any luck, yes. <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, just looking down at some of the some of this um, the sort of guidance that was part of these seven documents I mentioned that were were published in the week, and you know some of the things. I mean, a lot of it, by the way, is is as you say stuff we were already doing. So employees who can't work from home can go in. Well, that's kind of already the situation. Yeah. Um, work from home if possible already the situation if you're if you're you know in a critical role that you need to be there you can go in all that's consistent the new stuff is you know, it's quite hard for, for for companies especially small companies to do this you know they're gonna have to space or it's suggesting that they should space out two meters between where one person sits and the next put screens up um there's also talk that if you sit on a sort of pod where you're facing somebody that that will be advised against. So the person facing you wouldn't, you know, you'd, you'd have to also look in the same way or back to back. Obviously, yeah. good news if you're facing Barney, that'll teach you to take the mickey out of my knitting club. Um, <laughs> but uh, but also, all, <laughs> all sorts of all sorts of things like that. And you just think, if you, you know, if you're just, you know, if you're running a, any kind of business, to try to implement all of that is just, yeah. you know, the survival is the kind of key and the name of the game for many of them. Yeah. Um, without having to worry about getting the old tape measure out and measuring out. But that's the reality. We are going to be, whether you're in the pub, the beer garden, the park or whatever, you know, social distancing will be here for very, probably until there's a vaccine. Yeah, no, and I think we, we um, if, if you look, we, we've got about 300 people work from um, from head office. Um, so, so a couple of different options we've talked about. And if anybody's ever been to a head office in Newcastle, 
it's open plan, longer rows of desks and what have you. And some of the contingency plans we've looked at is maybe rotating teams every every week. So let's say you've got 10 people sat on one table. Um, week one, five of them will come in within the two meter dotted around. Uh, the next week, the other five will come in and you can rotate them that way. Um, you know, so that, that's one plan. The other plan is we just continue to work from home uh, for, 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 the, for the foreseeable. And then there's many variables on, on that plan as, as well. As, as you can imagine, having 300 different members of staff of all different ages and backgrounds, whatever you, we've got, you know, everyone's got different needs. We've got different people with, you know, underlying health concerns or, or who, who, who live with people with, with health concerns or children and, and school needs and things. So there's a lot of moving parts within there. And I think it, it's... Um, that's why I don't think we're going to get any too big bang from Boris on Sunday, or I hope not, you know, where he was big bang the last time at 8.30 when he said, right, you're not going into work tomorrow. And luckily, we we planned ahead for that, you know, so kind of sent a text out, an email, everybody already had the laptops at home and, and off we went. But I don't think we're going to get told off him on Sunday, back to work the next day. I think it's going to be in a couple of weeks' time, we maybe could start to do a little bit of that. So... You know, for, for, so for true potential, we, we've got the physical options there. We, we, or we can continue work business as usual as we as we have done there. I think that the only reason why me, as, as a kind of a, a, a chief executive, uh, would want people back to work is more the social side of things and the psychological side of things as well, which I think we've talked about a wee bit before. Um, where it, it, it may be nice to go and see your friends and your colleagues and work and have a bit of a laugh and. Peter can share the latest knitting uh, patterns with, with Barney um, and Barney can keep his back to Peter. Um, so it's, um, but it's, it, it, it's things like that, you know, it's, it's for those who don't know, Peter sits just near Barney anyway. So there's obviously many, many silly laughs every day go, going on. And we miss that, I think, at, at work. And I think it's, it's good for a health side of things, but Maybe if we get this social bubble side of things in and you're allowed to have a select set of pals or family or, or what have you, maybe that starts to lessen, lessen the blow a little is that bit. The, is, is that what's known as the Neil Ferguson approach? <laughs> <laughs> a few extra people can come round. That's right. <laughs> Dan, I think, I think as well, from the, from the working from the office type of thing, well, you miss out on that when, you know, if you go for a coffee or you just want five minutes with someone just to have an idea, you kind of, you're not going to call your boss every five minutes or, or, or your colleagues every five minutes to go past these ideas. You, I think you lose a bit of that from working from home. Yeah. Um, you, 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 miss, you miss the spontaneous side of business. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, you, you, you certainly get a lot done. You know, I, I, I wrote a, I wrote a note to clients and to, to our advisors at, at the end of last week to kind of, tick off the end of April, which was the, the first full month of lockdown. And it was actually, it was quite staggering some of the some of the stuff we got through last month. I was quite surprised, or maybe not surprised, I just thought, that's brilliant what, what, what the team at True Potential have done in four weeks. You know, that's a heck of a lot of work and some great results in there um, as, as well. But um, yeah, I think you're missing, we're missing some of the off the cuff mm-hmm. sides of things where it, it's, it's hard to have a good idea and think, right, now I'll, I'll email Peter, I'll email Barney, I'll email Jamie, we'll find a good time to talk about that, you know. So <laughs> we can do that at 3.30 today, you know, and off we go. So you, you do miss that spark a little bit. Um, Jamie, let, let's just kind of change direction ever, ever, ever so slightly, please. And we've got a couple of different investment slash advice questions for you. Um, first one is uh, we've got a client who's, um, it looks like it's from Robert. Um, Robert's asking, how does he change how much he pays into the pension? It doesn't say he wants to put less or more in, but I think if he wanted to put more in at the moment, Jamie, of course. But that's <laughs> that's not advice. Again, before compliance, <laughs> it's just <laughs> uh, the good news is I I can give advice. But um, now what I would what I would say with this, Dan, especially with um, with pension contributions, uh, it's always worth. You know, having a having a chat with your advisor um, if you don't know how much you put in your pension to start off with, because there is there are limits in terms of what you can you can put in um, called annual allowance. So and that can vary depending on um, your income. So 
if you're at the sort of larger end of the scale in terms of income, it's worth having a, a chat with your advisor before you sort of change any payments because we wouldn't want any unnecessary tax bills. However, you know, for the majority of clients, adding that extra amount of money in, there's a, there's a couple of ways. Um, the way I choose to personally um, is um, you can actually set up a direct debit. So you can go into your website, you can you can change that direct debit, you can increase it, uh, you can set one up via the site. Uh, or obviously you've got the, the impulse functionality that you can use via your client website. Um, majority of clients, if you, if you need any support or help on doing that, um, you know, you can speak to your advisor or, or give us a call. So it's available through your advisor, it's available through your website, um, but either or direct debit or impulse save. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks. And I think with that really, um, a, a, a quick, you know, moving from pensions across the way, says Jamie, we've got somebody, uh, what, what's his name? It's David. David's talking about should he be investing in cash ices or stocks and shares ices, and what, what's what's the broad difference at the moment? I wonder if that's. Uh, I hope that's not David Harrison asking about. Um, yeah, so well. <laughs> yeah, because uh, he definitely shouldn't be. But you know, it's interesting. I checked this because back when I first joined True Potential in two thousand seven. When you were investing in a cash ISA, they used to give you that introductory rate. I don't know if you if you remember that because it clearly don't happen anymore. But you would get like a five percent or four percent introductory rate, mm. and then after six months, twelve months, it would drop to zero point zero one, um, which is in terms of a percentage uh, increase. So my view on this, and I would say to for clients, it, it really depends on what your objective and your goal is for that money. So if you've got a long term objective for that money, so you're saving for I don't know, for retirement or you're just saving for a 10 or 15 year plan for your, for your children's school fees. A stocks and shares ISA will get will get you a better return long term. Um, and history would tell us that. Uh, you know, I think for me personally, I think cash ISAs, there's very little benefit to them now. Um, I would also say from a if you do have cash ISAs and you are want to transfer, you can still keep that cash ISA limit. Um, so if you've used your ISA allowance, you can transfer the actual ISA allowance from previous years into a stocks and shares ISA. So quite important. Um, so if you do have a cash ISA, you want to move it, um, let us know. Um, if you are considering that, um, I would really, really think about what your objective is. Because if it's long term, you're not going to get the returns that you require from a from a cash ISA and potentially lose yeah. money, actually. And I, I think, Jamie, the other thing is, as well, as people say a cash ISA has been you know, traditionally safe. Uh, it's not really, and when you look at the reality now, because interest rates are so low, inflation's higher than that. So actually, you're losing money yeah. in real time. Um, you know, you're, you're better off investing it, even if you put in an incredibly low risk vehicle, um, and at least try try to get some sort of return on yeah. on on there. So I think, yeah, you're, you're right. You know, t traditionally, old you know the old way of thinking, medium and long term investments, stocks and shares, is a shorter term. ISA, a cash ISA type of thing, but I think people really do need to look at the effect of inflation and, and low interest rates about where the house the money. And again, we, we can help with that, or, or your advisor helps with that as, as, as well. They can illustrate the two for you. Um, Barney, when, when it then comes to people in, investing them, their money, um, you know, in, into either the pension or the ISA, which, which Jamie's talking about there. Um, just to bring it into context a little bit, we had a question from Stephen, where Stephen's just asking about how has market events over the last two months or so compared, say, to the 2008 um, financial events or or even way back to the, the, the Wall Street crash back in the, the roaring or the end of the roaring 20s? Yeah, I think it's the you know that old quote from Mark Twain: "History doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes." There are similarities, there are there are differences. Um, I think the the, the big difference uh, this time is the speed of the decline. If we look back to two thousand and eight, uh, two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, in two thousand and seven, there were sort of rumblings about something happening in the U.S. subprime market. Um, and I remember going to a seminar in 2007 where somebody was saying, you know, that there is a storm coming and we're preparing for that. Uh, but it wasn't until, you know, nearly two years later when our stock market bottomed in March 2009. And even then, look, the worst of the, the economic effect 
was still to come. So it was, you know, it was two years or more in the making. This one has happened so much more quickly. You know, if we if we think back to January, we were looking forward to, you know, a year of, of reasonable sort of high single digit growth. Um, there was, you know, the, the, the bull market had been going on, but there was no particular reason for it to stop. Um, then the coronavirus came along in Fe February, middle of February. Um, certain, uh, a few towns in northern Italy were being um, sort of closed off and locked down. Uh, and then by sort of four or five weeks later, the UK, all of Europe, much of the rest of the world was in lockdown. So the, the, the speed of the downturn has been, uh, it's a word that we use a lot, um, but not without good reason. The speed of the downturn has been unprecedented this time around. It's been, it's been very different. Also very different has been the policy response from, from governments. They knew when the lockdown was, was uh, you know, deemed inevitable, what the economic consequences will be. Not, not in detail, but they knew that they would be severe. Um, and so we've seen this massive coordinated response um, from both governments and central banks acting together um, and around the world. So there's been a coordinated response with the, you know, the Japanese um, authorities, the Fed and the US Treasury, the Bank of England and the UK Treasury, the ECB in Europe. So all the monetary authorities um, are standing by with, with stimulus and support. They know what the economic effects of, of this were going to be. They know what they are, and they're standing by to make sure that they are limited as much as possible. So in that respect, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's very different to previous downturns. Uh, one of the few benefits of getting older is that, of course, you have seen more of these downturns before. Um, and in terms of similarities, they all feel pretty dreadful when you're going through them. Um, and with hindsight, you always look back and think, do you know what? I wish I'd invested then. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Well, are you getting any, um, there's a lot of talk, I noticed, about whether we're in a V or a U in terms of the recovery. Um, are we going to bounce straight back or have a bit more you know, period at the bottom and then a steady climb? Any sort of are you hearing anything from the investment managers on their views on that? I think some are, no one's talking now about uh, an immediate bounce back. Um, and it's, it's obvious that in some respects, you know, things will revert. We're creatures of habit. Things will revert to normal. And in 12, 18 months time, we'll be looking back on this and thinking, well, it was a bit of an odd time, but, you know, things are more or less back to normal now. Um, in... In other respects, things will never be the same again. Mm. Um, there will be an awful lot of people, businesses, who, if they couldn't, if they weren't flexible enough to work from home, they'll be out of business. Um, you know, true potential has proved that not only can it, you know, survive, it can thrive um, during this dislocation. Um, so, you know, there, there will be winners and losers um, and, you know, some things will revert back to normal. Other things will, will, will be forever different for some people. In terms of the economic recovery, um, I think a V-shaped would be very optimistic. A U-shaped of, of, of some sort is, is, is probably more likely. Um, but I keep coming back to this, these enormous levels of stimulus and government support. Um, and Rishi Sunak uh, is, is not a career politician who's, who's ended up um, as, as Chancellor of, of the Exchequer. You know, he has a background in finance. He's an incredibly well-educated and intelligent individual, um, which, you know, in the context of politicians is, is something of a rarity. 
and um, uh, I think he's, you know, he's, he's so far uh, he's handled it, it very well. Um, and uh, and so, you know, uh, speaking to our managers, they are looking forward to the second half. That you know, it, the economic numbers that are coming through from the first quarter are horrible. Yeah, uh, the worst on record. You know. Um, they don't really matter now. Um, that's old news. No one's yeah. really looking at those numbers. Mm. Second half is uh, will be a good indication, and people are looking out to next year. So you know, um, I would hope that it would be a, a, a you with a short bottom. Yeah, it's interesting what you say about the Chancellor, the uh, Barney, because there's a di- there's a different school of thought as well that um, you know he's effectively had to do three. I think I said on the, on the last time on the podcast that I was on, he's effectively done three mini budgets in March to announce more stimulus, more stimulus, more stimulus. That's obviously that's him reacting and the government reacting as a situation changes. But the one thing you can definitely say looking back is that policies made quickly and in haste, even if you say, well, that's what the situation demanded, they rarely turn out to be. It's, it's never the best way to make policy. And of course, they're plowing huge amounts of money into this furloughing scheme. I read, I think, 40 billion by the end of the three months that it was initially set aside. Well, that's, the, that's by the way, the size of the entire defence budget for a year will have been plowed in in three months into this scheme. So you just wonder whether those companies that are on life support and using that now, do they Reemerge. I mean, he's not going li- to he's not going to stop it in a flash. It'll be a gradual might go to sixty percent of what you know, and so on and so forth. But you just wonder, you know, what's going to happen when he pulls that plug? Is it is it getting back to normal, or do those companies go under anyway? And are we heading for unemployment, yeah. you know, on a much bigger scale? So we don't know. I, I I wonder if there needs to be some sort of uh, quantitative furloughing easing taken, you know, for for a brand new scheme where. They've got to start to phase the furloughing down as companies yeah. come back to work. Because there'll be certain manufacturers uh, 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 and other organisations who've probably got no pipeline of business at the moment. So they're effectively going to have to open up again. And we talked about restaurants last week as well, where um, restaurants were hoping to for the lockdown to stay a lot longer until people were more comfortable with relaxing social distance and full stop. Because I think they've been hinting at, well, if furlough and support is switched off now and we open the restaurants back up, we'll probably have one man, and not a dog, unless it's a guide dog, because dogs aren't allowed in restaurants, <laughs> but like one man and his guide dog coming in and that's it. You know, wh- whereas you've got a team of chefs, a team of waitresses and everything ready to ready to go. Um, so I, I think there's there's some of that. I think also the, the other effect of, of, of furlough is going to be strange for a lot of people, imagine if you haven't worked for two or three or four months as well. You're an employee who's on furlough and you, you come back to work. It's going to be it's going to be odd. I think it's going to take a bit of time for those who are furloughed to get kind of back up to work in speed um, yeah. as, as well. And I think it, it was either last week or the week before, again, on a podcast, we talked about how, although we're driven to distraction at times working from home and, you know, either fighting our wives or our husbands or the children or whatever and you know, sharing the internet and like, like we all have to do but at least we're kept busy versus kind of you know most must be must be hard if you're furloughed at the moment and it's you know 12 hours 13 14 hours of being awake of doing nothing um uh, must you know pretty fun for a week or so and then not as much um so strange um I think talk, talking about how we've been keeping busy as well, I think um, mindful of time, but I'm also mindful we, we, we've cracked through a lot of a lot of our viewers' questions there. So I just want to talk a bit about some other true potential side of things. And really, one, one of the ways we've been keeping our own staff busy is we, we've been having regular, um, well, we have a weekly work from home webinar, which is a bit of fun uh, within there where about half an hour we have a roundup of the business but also we have a roundup from different departments and different staff talking about how they're adapting working from home and Jamie you're the host of that so you come up with some strange suggestions as well (laughs) um uh, the less said about that the better but one of the the other ways we've been keeping busy as well as in terms of our charity work and delighted to say as of the end of last week the staff raised five thousand pounds for St Cuthbert's Hospice. Uh, 
St. Cuthbert's Hospice are a local Durham-based uh, hospice. Um, so, so supplying some really critical work. And as you could guess, causes like that at the minute are really under stress and strain. You know, they typically fundraise via shops uh, and other donations, all of which are closed at the moment. So that £5,000 has paid for more than two full days of patient care as well. So a real well done to the true potential staff for, for raising that much money. Um, and how do they raise that? This is another way we've, we've kept everybody busy. They, they, they had a week of challenges set by Esther. Esther works, at, 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 Esther runs the office for us. So she came up with, with these challenges. And I think it was certainly great fun watching it. I, d I didn't personally participate because I'm a, a boring sod for whatever better term. <laughs> But, uh, but I, I pretended it because I was too busy with, with, with meetings and things like that. But I, I hadn't seen that video until it was actually made live by, by Esther and by Graham, who, who puts together our videos. And I loved watching it. I actually sent it to my family. I had a right good laugh doing it. Um, Bonnie, I know that you were, you were pulled into the mix. Um, did you, you did the question challenge, is that right? I did the 20 questions and uh, and, and I'm, I'm never going to look at the, at the poor contestants on, on Mastermind in the same light again <laughs> because some of the questions I got were easy and I knew the answers, but they just did not come. And uh, I mean, one of them was uh, was who played Neo in the, in, the, in the Matrix and it's Keanu Reeves. Everybody knows that. Could I think of Keanu Reeves? Could I not? Um, and, and there were some other ones. I came off thinking, I don't know, I'm not allowed to swear here. Otherwise, I would. But I thought, Barney, you've been a complete burke in that, in, in, in terms of some of the answers that you've given or some of the, the things that you, you couldn't remember. Um, so it, it's sort of quite instructive. And I'm going to be far more forgiving for some of the idiots who turn up on Mastermind and fail to get any questions right Just now. for Barney, for anyone who didn't see you, you better tell us what did you get out of 20? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Esther wouldn't tell me. And, uh, and, and I've been too afraid to ask. <laughs> you didn't win, Barney. We all know that one. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't win. No, no. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, if, if it helps, Barney, you seem to have answered today's questions well. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Uh, unless you just made the answers up, so it's uh, <laughs> we'll, hopefully not. <laughs> um, and and that's so. so uh, and well done to the, the true potential team, and, and and thank you everyone for for, for chipping in. And I, I know that St. Cuthbert's were really over the moon with with nice potential. It, 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 I know it's not about me having a nice feeling, but I, I was proud of the team and the, the work they put in. And the money they donated and talking about being proud as well um peter linked in with our c19 business pledge and our unisolated campaign mm. um we've 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 been busy delivering over the last week or so yes absolutely um working with um our financial advisors all over the country as well they've, they've been good they've, they've 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 mucked in um we've delivered over five thousand pounds worth of food packages to to some of the most vulnerable clients all over the country, which is a great thing actually, and and that we've had and we had some lovely feedback. I mean, some some of the clients they've all been sending in photographs of them with their packages, but some really lovely feedback just to say it's just what I needed because you know we we we, we almost timed it just so that it would arrive just as we're a few weeks into the lockdown and people are beginning to perhaps you know get a bit concerned about running out of stuff and if you can't get down to the shops and all the rest of it, so we sent that out. Um, I think it was a great idea and it's been very, very well received. So that on the back of the hospice you mentioned. And of course, at the very start of the lockdown, we, we supported another hospice in Northumberland as well. So I think and I think it's also it's also worth saying, Dan, that we kind of do this all year round. You know, this is this is stuff that we do anyway throughout the year with the staff supporting causes and good and, and good causes across the country. And And what we've done in the lockdown period in this period is is really just kind of um, dialed that up. But I think what, what I'm certainly proud of is the fact that we're doing that all, all year round. Um, and I think it's just been even more impactful during this this period. On the C19 pledge, by the way, quick update on that for you as well, as, as people who've listened before will know, this is something which David Harrison set up um, 
I, back in March uh, as, as the country was getting to grips with this. And the idea was to encourage all sorts of companies who, to, to play their part basically by looking after their employees, looking after their customers and looking after their community with some of the things we've just been discussing. And huge numbers of companies getting behind it, all doing their own different thing. I think the latest is about 300 companies now are signed up, huge names, international names, by the way, as well. Notes not just like, not just limited to the UK. And about 3 million employees, you know, about 10% of the entire workforce is um, are working for companies that have signed up to this pledge that True Potential was the first to sign up and David came up with the idea. So I think um, in that respect, I think we've done a, we've done a great job. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think so. And you're right, Peter, we're in esteemed company with the C19 business pledge um, side, side of things. Um, and I think if anybody wants to find out more, they can, they can search for that on Facebook. Uh, they can also search for our unisolated work as well, which is a, mm. a network that we've created on Facebook, really. People have been um, locked down and are feeling isolated there. And certainly I hope, you know, certainly the, the food hamper was, 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 was something again, which, which, which created a really nice feeling looking at those photos coming in, Peter, and hopefully yeah. Graham managed to pop pop um a couple of those images in as as, as you were speaking earlier there um because it, it was oh, great be worth, be worth dan sorry to interrupt um barney should have a go at the unisolated page because david harrison's got a a little knack of asking a few quiz questions on a monday and a friday on there so barney have a go at those you never know might have better luck yeah <laughs> just if, if in doubt just answer with keanu reeves you'll not go far wrong <laughs> <laughs> anything to help me improve help me improve <laughs> uh, you're in the swing of it now Barney it's easy now easy so I think um, gentlemen um, thank you for, for, for today I think that we've, we've covered a lot of ground uh, there um, and thank you ladies and gentlemen for all of the questions um, so obviously we're, we're presenting today it's Thursday because we've got a bank holiday tomorrow uh, we're celebrating uh, VE Day victory in Europe day 75 years um, tomorrow um, Jamie, do you have any plans for tomorrow? Are you, are you having a sing along in the street? Are you? Apparently, we are. The um, Annie, Annie, my wife's got the uh, got the flags already purchased, so the flags are going out. Um, and apparently, there's going to be a, a picnic on the front garden. So I've been told. So right, I think right. could could be fun. I think there's a there's a timetable on the BBC of what you've got to do. Um, I've, I've seen that. Yeah. Should, uh, and I've got a great voice, so I might as well sing down as well. You might as well sing, <laughs> sing, sing along. Is it? Is it Dame Vera Lynn? Is that who it is? I think so. Yeah. Uh, so, but... Peter, are you, are you doing a sponsored knitathon on the drive for tomorrow? Well, I won't. I won't have time because I'll be too busy firing up the barbecue. I, I don't. I think the weather's going to be okay, but I've decided that I don't care what the weather's like. If I've got to have it under an umbrella, I'm going to have me barbecue tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to get in the garden. Have a have a proper uh, a, a banger and a burger and put a little Union Jack in the top. I've been with the kids colouring in bunting to hang around the garden and the house. And we've got a flag. We've made a mock-up Buckingham Palace. Um, so we've had a proper week of like British festivities in this house. And I'm looking forward to be. I'm totally confused by the way because seven weeks of lockdown. Uh, then you get a bank holiday, which always makes you think it's Wednesday when it's really Thursday. And then they've switched it to a Friday. So uh, I've no idea what year it is, let alone what uh, what day of the week it is. I think it's I think it's 2029, Peter. I think is Good. where we are. Yeah. <laughs> and, as long as I'm still the same age as I was when I was when it was 2020, I don't mind that. Which, well, I'd like to think we'd all come out this looking younger and healthier, but I'm not. I'm not sure. And and Barney, how, how about up in rural Northumberland? What's the plans up there? Up your way? Well, Peter was talking about going into the garden furniture business earlier, um, and and that's what I'm doing. Um, anyone who's had any sort of building work done over the years knows that whatever the building work you're having done is there's loads of timber left over at the end of it um so i've got an outhouse full of old bits of timber and uh, uh and i'm making that into a, a big uh outside table to uh to, to to sit on the terrace outside uh i've done a bit uh, and it's as all all these jobs do they always take longer than you think they're going to take uh, but uh, the crowning glory, it should all hopefully um, get put together this weekend. So it's, um, it's made up of old scaffolding planks and, and the legs are, um, you know, big uh, sort of roof 
beams that were that were taken out of a uh, when we had the extension done. So it's uh, it's all sort of thick and chunky and designed to be outside, a bit like the fellow who's building it. Barney, <laughs> like like every good building project, is it three months late? <laughs> it's, uh, well, I, I, I was going to try and have it done for my wife's birthday because uh, little does she know, but that's 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 her present. Uh, but actually, her, her birthday. <laughs> But a, a birthday was last week, so it, it is a week overdue. But you know, as with all things, the best things in life are worth waiting for. They are. They, they certainly are. And once you've finished that, Barney, the other thing I've noticed people make is they're making little um, planters and and what have you from pallets lying around the house as well. So there's quite a lot. Of, if, you, if you have a look on the internet about projects with pallets, that'll keep you busy once this table's made as well. So lots to do. Um, and I think for, for me, we're getting a. Um, my wife loves afternoon tea and things like that, and she loves she loves buying things actually. To be to be honest with you, so so Gemma has has noticed there's a, there's a company of blading type of way called Buckleberries, who tend to be a dairy and, and other such things, and they're doing VED um, afternoon teas. So that's today's delivery at at the house, and that's tomorrow's party tea sorted. Although she did mention that. It doesn't come with sandwiches, it's just cakes. Um, so it could, could be okay, but the problem is I prefer cakes and I prefer sandwiches and pies and sausage rolls rather than cakes. So that's a plan B needed, I think. So that's about as exciting as my weekend's going to be, gents. So, so good. Um, well, hopefully, everybody, um, hopefully you enjoyed today and hopefully you're going to have a super day tomorrow, be it... Uh, having a barbecue under an umbrella, be it singing on the driveway or be it doing extensive building projects or whatever else you choose, ladies and gentlemen. But have a lovely weekend. I hope you enjoyed today and very much looking forward to speaking to you next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Bye-bye.